I, first of all, I still can't get over Bridget looking like Bo Derek. No, no, not Bo Derek. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's I fine. really like this. No, it's sexy. I feel like you're, you're, you're auditioning for some kind of uh, Sports Illustrated something, Bridget. It's giving hip-hop Carmen. First of all, okay. <laughs> not hip-hop Carmen. <laughs> okay, first of all, we have to do a toast. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to do the toast? Because I feel like you're a much more... First uh, off, I'm high. You do the toast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's toast to abundant bitches getting exactly what they deserve. Nothing less, nothing more. Oh, I like that. Salud. We have to do ASMR too, a little slurp. Oh, God, that, that tasted... Really Strong, good. actually. <laughs> so for anybody who's watching on uh, YouTube, I want you to, first of all, I want you to see who we have today as a guest. I am so excited. Girl, they hear me before they see me. Everybody <laughs> hears you before they see you in real life, okay? We have podcast extraordinaire, Ew. executive producer, Ew. on-air personality, Ew. and Twitter fingers queen, wow. Mandy B. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what it is. Get it's the camera girl. on her face. Get the camera on her face. We, it, we, we have to switch the camera better. It, it's your girl or not. Look, you waiting. I'm waiting for the camera to be on her face. Is it on her face? <laughs> no, oh, no. We oh, have, you don't I get to, to see the I live. Have, you don't get to see the live No, switch. I do. Oh. I always do. This is like my so 30th now, episode. Look, now we might have to re restart it. <laughs> yeah. She she wants to be able to see the live switch. The monitor currently is the just way I on always her camera. Do. Yeah, it's intentional. See? It's switching to the. You guys, excuse us. We, we have a producer it. today. Hold on. Nope. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll, we'll, pause. we'll wait. And this and this is guys. This is actually perfect for the theme. We're gonna keep rolling. This is perfectly for the theme. Oh, are we gonna keep rolling? Yeah, because he sees the switch on his end. It's just not connected to the monitor. I've done thirty-seven episodes, and I can always see the switch. Today should be no different. Mm. Sebastian, you gotta get. Yeah, come we on. have to figure that out. We're producing a show. I need to see the switch. You guys, this is actually perfect because this entire week I have been in a space where. I have been shamed for asking for exactly what I deserve and what I'm accustomed mm. to. So this is a perfect theme of I'm not going to lower my expectations. I'm just going to wait for it to go. rise to meet me. Look at that. Look, look. And now let's let's see Mandy's pretty <laughs> face now. They've been looking at me. The there we go. Look at that. Right? You guys, this is perfect. I love how you turn everything into like a life lesson. A moment. Because, bitch, <laughs> here I go as the executive producer. Oh, no. This is driving me crazy that you wanted to even keep going. Yeah. Like, cut. We need to make this crisp and it's humanized curtain. okay so there's no perfection here there's just, there's just human beings doing human shit okay that, i ain't mad at that, that is the premise of the even show even though technology was uh -huh. the person here mm -hmm. technically mm -hmm. that was the hiccup mm -hmm. but it's okay you live in la and there's robots that cross the street so i get why you think this is a humanized <laughs> uh experience but no you know what it's the, technology. the funny thing is too is that a lot of folks want to be podcasters and because they see the glossy version they don't see all the cuts they don't see all the work and all the moving pieces i like this being the show where they're like oh that's what it really is like in real life Oh, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. But even, like, this part is yeah. the easiest part. It is, actually. This like, is, this, the recording right now and us talking is easy. So, Mandy, you look gorgeous. Thank and I you. And I want to apologize to my guests I'm, uh, and to the audience. The reason why I look regular, regular, why Mandy looks Stop like it. you're about to be on tour as Zendaya Stop it. is because Mandy and Bridget have me doing lots of content this week. And makeup sure artists are expensive. Bitch, they are. So Blue Toulouse had to ask herself, what's the one show that I could get away with a bare face and not get in trouble? And, and it it's was, your own? Yeah, it's humanized. It's, it's the only place that I can have a naked face. So my face will be beat again when I'm on um, your podcast. Shout yes. out to they already know. See, the thing is. You know what's crazy? When mm -hmm. you came and did our first show and you had your face beat, I mm -hmm. was like, am I missing something here? Like, 
Yeah. But I'm like, we're in LA. I'm like, let me put on the heels. Let me put on the face beat. I'm staring at you so hard. You're so pretty. Stop it. Thank you. Here's the no, don't say stop, but say I receive it. We receive compliments here, man. I receive them. See? I receive them. The reason why I'm so excited to talk about you is the whole premise of the show is we humanize big personalities. Okay. So I feel like you are the living embodiment of why I even do the show. I will say this, though. The two people who I thought was the most nervous about coming on the show were you and Jason. Why did I know you were going to say Jason? And what He was, was so nervous the day he came you, on the show. You know what's crazy? And maybe I don't think of myself as outlandish as maybe other people, clearly. But when Jason came on, uh, see, the thing is, uh, and Bridget knows, literally in the first, like, 10 minutes, episode. he was like, so I had to get my deals set in place. I was so scared to come on your really? platform. Jason was scared of me, and I said, now, motherfucker, don't make me seem like I'm out here. He literally- You're surprised that Jason was scared of you? Yes, I'm I'm surprised that anybody pew, pew, is scared pew, pew, of me. Pew, 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 it's Mandy. I mean, first off, I'm not going to, like, I don't dig deep. Right. Like, not dig deep like that, but like, I don't, I don't go below the belt on things. You don't. I'll ask questions. Yeah, you don't actually. But it's literally like, cause I want to know and I'll make fun of it, but I don't take anything too lighthearted. Mm -hmm. um, and it's crazy because now seeing everything that's been happening in like the space of media. Yeah. Uh, digital I went, media in particular. Well, digital media in particular, but yeah. like I went to um, the Drake show at the Apollo um, a couple months ago. And I brought my studio manager with me and she was like, oh, uh, well, we'll leave later because we're going backstage. Right. And I said, bitch, the jokes I've had for Drake, I don't even want to be backstage. And seeing what just happened with even yeah. the L'Oreal and uh, Michael B. Jordan, I'm just like a lot of people are sensitive, but a lot of people hear the things whether they're jokes or not, people take it personally. I'm happy you went right into this. Oh, yeah. We need to unpack the word sensitive versus... Oh, no, we don't. Because people don't acknowledge when they are, but yeah. they're sensitive. So they're sensitive and it's also reasonable. And huh. so here's the conversation that I really want to have with you, right? Because you started potting in a very kind of organic way. You mm -hmm. guys started with Horrible Decisions. That's a, yep. a major podcast. First of all, how did you and your, your first co-host, Weezy, even meet? Because I keep on hearing origin stories about how you were childhood friends. We, we knew you each had other. the same boyfriend. Yeah, first off, we didn't have the same. Let's get that very clear. We fought about this all motherfucking. <laughs> Girl. So, um, which is now really strange, especially after we talked about the Nia Long thing. He was an adult. Oh. Uh, well, not in, like 18, 19. He was out of high school. And how old were you? 14, my freshman year. There's laws. Okay, yeah. continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, this was her ex. So when we knew of each other, this was MySpace era. All, you old, friend. Oh, all the things. Not MySpace era. Uh, this was MySpace <laughs> era. So I started dating, I guess, who was her ex. And so we was beefing, throwing shots on MySpace, then throwing shots on AIM. I remember it was, Oh, yeah, it was AIM and MySpace. Um, and so... That's how we knew each other. There were shots thrown. And I was like, girl, this is my whole boyfriend. We went to Disney, bitch. He got me a Care Bear for Christmas. Wait, this is, is my Florida man. thing? If this he, is a Florida if he, thing. If you go to Disney, that's yeah. your man. Uh, bitch, <laughs> he took me to Disney with his friend. It was a double date to Disney. Oh, no, that's a boyfriend. That was my man. That that's was my boyfriend. boyfriend. He met my mom, mm -hmm. okay? Aww. Um, And anyways, we did all the, like, internet beef. We ended up fighting in a teen club. Got wait, wait, out. wait, wait, wait. You fought her? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the... If you read, we have an article in Vice, and we talk about, like... Our first time even seeing each other in person was a fight. We're throwing hands. Oh, yeah. And now y'all make money together. Florida girl, yeah. Who proposed the pod? She did. So we we actually were not uh, friends for five, six years. 
Um, we stopped being friends at like 20 mm -hmm. and then I moved to New York. So there was no rekindling. She ended up moving to New York as well. And everyone, we always shared mutual friends. So they were like, well, y'all are in different spaces now. Maybe this is a great time to, to connect. Mm. You're both in corporate. And so we're going to talk about corporate too. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. So we were both in corporate. Mm -hmm. We were both older. And when I say older, we were 25, 26. You were 26. Yeah. So for those of you who know, watch the show, you know we always talk about your frontal lobe is not even con like fully congealed until you're oh, 26. Yeah. Well, we were 26. So you were I fresh adults. Oh, fresh adults. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at the time she was working in sales and one of her co-hosts, one of her co-workers had a podcast that she uh... went on and they were like, oh, you're great at this. And it was just her talking about fucking these niggas, getting, you know, having fun and living life. Being as, a city girl. As a mid 20 year old woman now living in the big city. And so they were like, you should start a podcast. So she came to me with the idea. Um, and was How like, did she pitch it to you? Because why oh, no, would she think of you of all people, the girl that because, she formerly fought? Because she said, sex. Uh, <gasps> who else is as big as a hoe as I am? And she literally said, you're the only other big hoe that I know that lives in her hoe ass truth. Let's start a podcast and talk about our hoe shit. Wait, and, that was yeah. the pitch? Oh, that was the that pitch. Was, that was the pitch that convinced you to start Horrible Decisions was like, hey, that, ho. Well, well, at the time, I'm I'm heavily on on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I literally since 2009, I had been vocal about getting flued out, doing this, doing that. My, my friends throughout all of my 20s were sex workers mm -hmm. uh, predominantly. And so I was like, okay, bitch, I don't care. Especially in my 20s, still knew I didn't want kids. Um, didn't really want a partner because i was late i had i thought at the time i had these niggas let's do it you were having a great time and the reason why i'm asking you about your origin story is because during that story you're going through life organically and oh then, yeah and then a girl that you knew from back in the day and y'all were eskimo sisters says let's do a podcast because we both out here first off isn't that what they call it, eskimo you sisters? jumped the gun i was a virgin <laughs> when i dated this man me and him never had sex wait a minute you guys never had i was sex? In, i was 14 i was in ninth grade being 14 don't mean I have to assume that you never had sex. Oh, no. I waited. I don't in, know about you, but in Boston, no, no, no. people were fucking oh, oh, at 14. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. Girl, oh, my, okay. my high school had a daycare. Um, <laughs> literally. So okay, I get it. I'm not gonna lie. But no, um, me and him never had sex. Oh, so he the wasn't irony. My, they yeah, call that irony. Literally, me and him never had sex. To the, like, to this day, we I've ne I don't know what that man dick looked like. Can't tell you. Oh. Yeah, so I was young, but we we didn't. We weren't Could you sexual. have done it if you and her were Eskimo sisters? Like, could you go on business with someone if they have slept with the same guy as you? Or would that be weird for you? Oh, yeah. I'll be telling Bridget all the time. One day we going to name a nigga we shared. But to this Bridget, day. Bridget Kelly. Like, no, I've, I, I've gone on dates and, like, entertained the same guys as her. But I never had sex with the guys that even she may have had relations with. And I'm like, damn, we were we were literally this close to being es Eskimo sisters. I... This no, this close. Okay, if you guys can't see off off camera, but, Bridget is going like this, like, un poquito. But, by the way, I'm somebody that, and mind you, we come from two different walks of life. We're different in age. We grew up in different places. You guys are yin and yang. Her career was, was literally while she was touring with Jay-Z, I was graduating high school. Right. So uh, the fact that we even have overlap in some niggas is funny. Um, but to me, I don't, a lot of me and my friends are Eskimo sisters and oh. it doesn't bother me. Okay. We're going to, we, yeah. oh, we could talk about the yeah, pain all the time. Yeah. We're, we're, we're jumping the shark. Cause so that, yeah, that, anyways, that, that is a lot. My question is. Anyways, me and Weezy were not Eskimo sisters. We okay, did have a tumultuous friendship that after creating 
this business, I think we both saw what this could be. Yeah. And now seven years later, I think it's it's grown bigger than both of us. And I mean, it's been we, seven years. Because you know, seven years seventh year. is the completion of a cycle, right? Well, we got to still hold another year of contract. No, no, but, so. I'm, but, I'm, but, but, I'm, but I'm saying that like we regenerate as people every seven years. I mean, I mean. Spiritually speaking. Okay, you know, so I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't into all that. So it sounds good. Bitch. But you, you got a spirit, Mandy. About, Mandy, you, you got a spirit. You talk about these spiritual you, you got, seven Every years. seven years, people, they even talk about seven-year itch with marriages. Like, it's a scientific thing to you. Like, psychologically, every seven years, we tend to hit a reset and enter a new chapter. So if it's been seven years. It's weird because it's not that, like, there's some things in the works that will go into year eight for sure. Mm -hmm. And then just you Could and be a, I. A new beginning. Well, you and I were both at the Reed. Ten-year yes. anniversary. And a part of that was like. Ooh, but I actually want to feel this. They're a great example, though. We've watched them evolve. They are not at all. Even the show is not the same thing it's it was not. 10 years ago. And I love watching that evolution. Now, here's the thing. Here's the scenario. Let's say you and Wazir are going through all this stuff. Yep. And the show comes out. You guys are doing great. But you had one hater who used to clown you all the time and called you a dumbass for constantly talking about you were going to be a podcaster. And then you run into them in a position where you're <laughs> in a place of power. And they're actually considered lower on the food chain than you are. In that moment, could you not see why someone like Michael B. Jordan, who was bullied, like based on what L'Oreal described herself, could you not imagine why you might feel a way watching your bully now having to watch you in the full actualization of your dream and pretending like y'all were cool when you weren't? So it's weird to me. And I be petty. Mm -hmm. I don't, Really, you petty? Girl, stop. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have been the person to even have stopped and spoke to her. Like, so you would have ignored her completely. Like I would have told my publicist, I Not would, that bitch. I would okay. because what's crazy is cool. Maybe he in that moment was like, mm, you see where I'm at? Guess who's been viral and now getting all the attention she probably wants for the last week. Yeah, it's not I, You I, know what I mean? Like so, I get so, that. so so to me, I wouldn't have even stopped to hold space to give her the acknowledgement of you see me, and I know you see me, oh, and yeah. that is enough. I wouldn't have even spoke to her to even yeah. re remind her that this took place. I always all. say that people would be shocked by how much you and I have in common. And one of the things we have in common that we phrase very differently is we think our presence is a gift to sometimes. It where is. I, go, I don't respond if I don't want my, my presence to be around you because there's a gift in and that. And the way you say that is beautiful because I'd be like, mm. I'm a ghost you. I don't see you. <laughs> don't I'm gonna ignore you. And bitch, we are not in the same room because I will walk right past you. I say, yeah. my ignore game is stupid. And you're like, you don't deserve my presence. It's really cute. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And for, for me, I just feel like the minute to your point, the minute I speak to you, I've now given you a look. Now, I don't think Michael B. Jordan was thinking that evolved, right? Of course. I do think it's peculiar that there are people who are saying, well, because he's rich and famous, he shouldn't care. As if that 13-year-old boy who was getting clowned for following his dreams didn't still matter. And I think it's bizarre that when people, people are successful, we suddenly dehumanize them. And things that we wouldn't be okay with, we expect them to be okay Oh, I ain't going to hold you. The way people come at Cardi, or even, I mean, we've been your having- Your birthday twin, well, Flex. She is my, she is my birthday twin. Cardi's your birthday twin and Kehlani is my birthday twin. You know who else is my birthday twin? Who else? It's me, Cardi, Amber. That makes sense. It's me, Kelly Clarkson, and Kaylani. Okay. So we like snacks. So and you like sexuality? You, I was gonna say you like eating coochie. <laughs> I did for about ten years. I mean, yeah. okay. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. Because uh. here's the thing that I really, uh. want, I really want to talk to you about is you were someone when you started off. 
where you wanted to be to be with a, a rich nigga. Now you are a rich nigga. Well, I heard you too. Me and me and Bridget have been talking probably this last week. Um, and I think why I even brought Cardi B. Sorry, going back. We love Cardi. I'm on shrooms, and this bitch got me doing dark liquor. I do not do dark liquor. <laughs> um, it's a fun but, show, guys. But a lot of people hate that she responds to things. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll get a text from my friends like, "Yo, stop responding to people." Like, you you know who you are, and Absolutely. I think and I think the the biggest problem for me is yes, I know who I am, and it's when I see that people question or assume me to be something that I know I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so again, the humanized response of that is to defend yourself, defend yeah. your character, defend who you know to be. And I think because I'm so vocal on this, on a mic, mm -hmm. you know, a minimum of five times a week between both of my shows and whatever other shows I do, people assume that they know me. Yeah. And so when I see things and I'm like, oh, y'all got me fucked up. And I love saying that. Because motherfuckers be having me fucked up. They do. And so, to me, my voice is all I have. And so, whether it's my Twitter fingers or whether it's me responding on the microphone, no one else is going to stick up for me but myself. And so, where people are like, oh, just ignore the negativity. Like, no, I'm defending my character. I'm defending who I am. And in a, in a lot of other spaces and rooms, in your relationship, in your friendships, at work, you defend yourself. So I hate that when people be like, oh, well, you signed up for this. I didn't sign up to be ridiculed or demonized or told that I'm something that I, I know I'm not. So my question for you then is because everything is about balance, right? Nothing is good or bad. Everything is about like to, to what degree. So what's that line where it goes from you advocating to you wallowing in it and engaging too much? Where's that line for you? So I don't be wallowing in it, but I love talking shit. So oh, I'll be shit. like, nigga, your mama... <laughs> You know, wait go, the mama, man. Oh, I I will talk about your kids, the Mandy, the, the ones unborn, your dead parents. Don't motherfucking play me. I go low. Leave me alone. Like I don't, okay. I, I don't wake up. I don't sense. wake up and say, let me go leave some fucked up comments under someone's picture to make myself feel better. But are you not giving them a look though? It's the same thing as the Michael B. Jordan thing. If you're gonna ignore them on the red carpet, why not ignore them on Twitter? What's the difference? Right. Oh no. Twitter to me, first off, they it be fake pages sometimes. It be shit. Right. A lot of people hide behind social media. They hide behind words. So even them getting a response, whatever attention, sometimes it's not even attached to their real profiles. So there's no line for you. You're just going to respond to whatever you feel like. If I got time, and sometimes I got time, I'll tell sometimes them. Sometimes I, I make time. I'm sometimes not hold you. I don't sometimes make time, but I'll be like, time. I got time today. Like I was waiting on ADT to come provide surveillance for my studio that I own, and I was like, like oh. Y'all finna be in my comments while I'm waiting on this nigga to install cameras? Bet. I'm gonna respond. But do you know what you just said, though? You just said a mouthful about all the blessings that you have. Oh, yeah. So at what point do you just say, I'm living a life that speaks for itself, I don't have to respond? Because Beyonce doesn't have to respond. Michelle Obama doesn't have to respond. Where do you think you're gonna be where you're like, I first actually don't uh, have to respond First of uh, the way Jay will pop back up to respond to people who say things about him, Beyonce's listening. Jay is but listening. she's not responding. There's, I'm asking for you. At what point do you think your life is going to be like, I don't um, have to respond anymore? Is there a certain level? I ain't got Beyonce money. <laughs> I ain't Claim got it, Beyonce, I ain't got Beyonce it. power. We believe in manifesting in this motherfucker. Okay, so you know what? It's funny because I came across a TikTok. There's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So Beyonce is an accomplished millionaire. Billionaire. No, she's a millionaire. Oh, my bad. Um, Rihanna is accomplished billionaire. And mm -hmm. guess who responds? Mm -hmm. Rihanna. Absolutely. I got more of an attitude like Rihanna. Yeah, she's very and West so, Indian. Bitch, I'm Jamaican. I know. So what do you want from me? I'm telling you who I am. She has evolved. She doesn't, she doesn't respond as much anymore. She has evolved. Okay. I think when she hit the billion, she actually stopped. Okay, responding. well, she got a couple of years on me. 
Hit me up when I'm Rihanna age. So when you're Rihanna, How old is Rihanna? Like 35, Bridget? Oh, yeah, bitch. You got three more years out of me. Wait a minute. Respond to me in three years. Y'all heard from me at first. Y'all got three more years <laughs> for Mandy bullshit. B to respond to you. <laughs> and then her tax bracket will mean that you peasants cannot get another word from her. Literally. You know what's so funny? Because I was thinking about the whole point of humanized is I intentionally sometimes will draw parallels between me and my guests so that my fans cannot dehumanize them. Okay. So you and I have several things in common they wouldn't guess. Number, okay. Number one, about how we use sex to heal ourselves. Oh no, not anymore. No, not of course, not anymore for me either. I'm oh, older than you, top tired. Girl. But here's the, the thing. way I'm single now and realizing my very unhealthy relationship with sex. But here's is here's crazy. the thing though I want to talk to you about is what made you decide to give yourself permission to be so sex positive to begin with? Because I had to give myself permission to start and then my, my coochie got tired and I stopped. What was the point where you were like, I'm gonna be sexually liberated for, for a minute? So something also that I've walked through in uh in therapy and something that y'all will hear the journey later uh through oh. another project um i actually feel like it was fake so my sexual liberation came from honestly i don't think i was fully always comfortable in my body mm -hmm. and so the attention for men made me feel like oh well i'm i'm good i'm lit i'm still getting the attention or the money or the things from men that validated me for a lot of my 20s. Mm. So like the sexual liberation part to me didn't feel as whole and exciting until my last relationship. Oh, it was all performative in my 20s. Do you know how amazing that is? I want to, I want to pause for a second. Yeah. There are so many women who will die never admitting that. And I think there's something so beautiful and powerful oh, girl, I, in your I, ability to do that. I like, oh, people Mandy. are like, oh, we're starting from episode one of Horrible Decisions. I'd be like, I don't know. That that girl's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> don't live by her word. You don't listen and, to that. And it's crazy because I've, I've been talking uh, like to my therapist about like, like literally, I don't remember my early childhood. I don't remember high school. I'm now like the trauma response, and I'm I'm blocking so much out yeah. that now even my twenties, I'm like, unfortunately, it's fucking uh, publicized and diaried for the world to hear, but. I hate the the way I uh, treated my body, the relationships I had with men in my 20s. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit, girl. Dark liquor is not working with my goddamn ass reflux. <laughs> We're going to get you some water. Baby, you, bitch, you should have brought me my vodka soda. Um, oh, that would have knocked me Oh, yeah, girl. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a white liquor drinker. Um, but, yeah, so now, like, the the actual relationship I did have with sex, the relationship I had with men. Right. Um, the desire to, to to need them at one point. And again, that's something I've been dealing with now. I love that I have a choice. Mm. I have a choice to choose my partner, to choose who I want to be with. It's not transactional. It's because I either want to be with you and I like you. And it's all the things that I think I was robbed from in my 20s because I wanted to know which nigga was doing what for me. And maybe I didn't always like what they looked like or maybe my pussy didn't get wet, but I felt like, well, this is what I have to offer. So it wasn't just survival. It was also part of a facsimile of self-esteem. Like, I know oh, I can pull this nigga, so I feel... Mm, but but yeah. it was a lot... A lot of the transactional sex was me being in survival mode. Yeah. Um. And so, like, where I've held this platform for um, sexual liberation... And so many girls look I up only, to you. Ironically, I feel now the most sexually liberated and not at all what I opened up about. 
like in, in my in my late 20s. Do you know what's so fascinating about you admitting that is because I mentioned before I had been poly for about 10 years. And for me, that was my performative where I was like, no, if I'm going to be through the sexual liberation, I'm not going to do monogamy. I'm going to do everything that's atypical. And I really tried to be poly for my entire 20s and then found out that I was a basic monogamous bitch. And I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I was going to poly like dinner parties. I was going to play parties. And that's when I realized and I talked to a lot of people about this. There's no one version of natural. It's what makes sense for you in the moment that you're in. Right. And I felt like for me, I was at a play party and, and it was, you know that show Sense8 on Netflix? Mm -hmm. I didn't really get into it because there's like no black people in that movie, I think there's right? like one black person. One, yeah. I, I just need to hold yeah, on to that so one no, black person. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah just, no. I'm from Boston. I'm used to holding on to one yeah. black person oh, okay. and like, writing them. Yeah, in Sense8, there was a scene where there was eight people having sex and that same night I watched the scene, I relived it at a play party. Mm. And I remember seeing all these genitals coming at me and saying, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm good. Like, I think I've done every nasty thing I've ever thought of. I'm good. And I realized it was performative. Like, I wasn't doing it. I had originally started doing it to come back into my body. But now I was just doing it to be spicy and provocative and contrarian, mm. not because the sex felt good. And the best sex I had was in a relationship six months later, like a boring, well, see, regular relationship. And I was like, wait a minute. So... The sex in my last relationship was amazing. He sounds amazing oh, the way nah. you describe him. The Girl. massages. Mandy oh, B, you put me on to why like, massage porn talks to me. Because I didn't but, realize why I liked massage porn so You know much. what's crazy? And I, and I talk about it. Like, for as great as our sex was, one of the things that I, like, no one else ever did was after sex or when we woke up in the morning, he stretched me. Ugh, like, my legs, my you back, my arms. Yes, listen. I've been he actually got, yeah, he got two. I've dated uh, Muslims before. I could do it again. Listen, but the stretching, like the intimacy, and I think that that's what was lost upon me. I'm not going to lie. In my 20s, I had sex with people that we, we never kissed. Oh, wow. I had sex with a lot of people that I didn't even kiss them. I couldn't tell you their last name. I couldn't tell that's you. That's my biggest shame. I don't do shame a lot, but my, one of my biggest shame is if somebody put a gun to my head and asked me to give them the names of all my sexual partners, I would. that's how it would end for me. Oh, I, girl, I don't, easy. I don't know all their oh, names. Oh, I don't, girl. I ain't gonna hold you. Recently, I had a nigga hit me up on, on Instagram, and he's like telling me like that I've been with him. Oh, wow. And I was like, girl, I, was, I scrolled deep on that page. I said, I do not remember us ever. And he was like recounting the night. I was like, I was, what, 18, 19? I do not remember you, sir. Wow. And so, like, even that, you know? Um, again, like, in my 20s, in my early teens, I'm like, damn, bitch, you was wildin'. What do you think shifted for you? Because there was a moment where you pivoted away from that. I ain't gonna hold you. Money. Explain. I know everybody like, ooh, she gonna let somebody know she got money. Um, <laughs> I grew up without... Yeah. I mean, single parent household, our Christmases were Salvation Army or gifts or my Same. dad came boasting in with all the electronics. And because he had money, he shitted on my mom on the holidays. Or, oh, that's not what Santa Claus is supposed to do. That's oh, listen. Um, and of course, like tax time was the best time. Absolutely. Food stamps, we got the name brand cereal. Like that's how, you know, I grew up very, you know. Without. Or free lunch, all the things. Yeah. Like very just regular. To me, that's still regular. Middle class is regular. I wouldn't say I was below, but everyone in my life, to me, that was middle class. Like, there's some sort of government assistance. You may live with just one parent. There's multiple people in the household. You may share that's most a room. Of America. You may you may share a room with your siblings. Like, you know, so that was just regular for me. So I didn't really come from money. So when I moved out on my own three days after graduating high school, and I had to 
figure out fucking life by myself without family to lean back on, without family to fall back on, without anyone to ask for help but men. Mm. It was like, okay, survival mode. I got something between my legs. This is what works out here. This is what is selling. And this is what I know I could always fall back on. And so it wasn't until I got to a point where I'm like, so I don't need anyone's money. I can take care of myself. I can help my family out. I can I can save. Like, I remember just having a savings. No one in my family has a fucking savings account. Girl, I understand. I take if, care of most, a lot of my family, so I get if it. If your alternator blow or the AC in your house or something that you have to or the fix, fridge breaks down. Or yeah. something that is a very big expense to you. And a big expense can be $700 that you weren't expecting on spending. Yeah. That shifts your whole month. Or even for us, when you have kids, it shifts a lot. So, like, to be able to be in a place with a savings and something to fall back on and to be able to pay my bills. I now pay two rents. I like talk your shit. You know what I mean? Like during the (laughs) pandemic, I paid off my mom's car. Like if her debt, I paid for one of her classes before in school because she's trying to get through school. So just being able to even help, I didn't have that. And so coming out of survival mode, you're saying is what allowed you to realize what you really wanted. Because you didn't have have to. Yeah. Now that I don't have to, now that I don't have to rely on transactional needs between human beings mm-hmm. and I could just show up as me and you accept it or you don't, but I don't have to rely on you. Reliability, that was a word I also had in therapy today. But the reliability of of transactional relationships with people and the fact that now I can choose I could choose you. You know it, what, it, you know it, what your kink is? I'm hearing that you have a stability kink. Like you really Oh wait, what's that? Because you really you really feel your juiciest and your best when you feel stable. Even though you might create like don't don't chaos. add kink to it because now you got me thinking about sex. But no, like <laughs> I mean, I mean to I me, I have a praise kink, child, so it's fine. I mean, to me, as a woman, thriving, not just surviving, thriving. No, th- I think that even coming, I mean, again, millennial, um, you still want the idea that your prince charming is going to have all this money, and still the idea of being a housewife and having kids, and that's still thing was ingrained in us even if you look at a lot of the disney channel movies and and things like that like it's still we want to get married and have a happy a happily ever after yeah and um, you've made peace with you've made peace with that not necessarily being the case well and i feel like i've fought and battled that this is where i stand it's not really going to shift i think that even being a woman saying i don't want children the response from everyone is well one day oh you're just how old are you again oh you'll change your mind Literally, even just the constant reminder that, that can no, be condescending. you will want children. Yeah, that could be or condescending. Or you don't want marriage. Oh, you will one day. It's You just haven't met the right one. Like, so the fact that even I'm vocalized about really where I stand now, and I've actually not changed on it. Mm-hmm. The fact that I, I get pushed back in, in what I'm saying. And I even bring that up, too, as, as being a sex and a gender where we are pushed to share our emotions and feelings I've felt like I have not been granted the ability to do that. And when I Without do... Without being silenced, yeah. Yeah. You know or, what I or mean? Or dismissed. Because what you're describing is somebody dismissing your lived reality. And I'm curious, because I don't think that everybody decides to have kids at some point. In fact, it's funny. Three of my homegirls have 
wound up pregnant in the past month. And I'm just like, what's in the water? Ooh, bitch, I, I don't, don't want to drink it. Is that in LA? My friend just- Let me know. It's giving <laughs> bottled water. Why, 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 did, why, why did Bridget look scared? No, I just got a phone call at eight o'clock this morning saying, don't drink the water. I'm pregnant too. Like, ev- like there's something in the air where everybody I know is getting knocked up. And it's interesting because- Well, no, it's- it, no. You One know of my friends was like, am I allowed to admit I don't want this? I was like, of course you're allowed to admit you don't want it. Yeah, but also- uh. Y'all to keep letting these niggas not wear condoms. What did y'all think was going to happen? Well, you know. No, all this casual sex happening and everyone's like, mm, None of these are casual. They're, they're all in relationships where they just, you know, they thought the, they had perfected the pullout method and somebody got a little slow. And how hard are they? I don't know why we still believe the pullout method is a thing. Look, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> for, my question is, though, because sometimes life throws you a curveball. So right now, let's mm. say you met somebody who completely respected your stance. And you accidentally ended up in a monogamish relationship. I mean, I've, I've, how would that feel? What for is you? monogamish relationship? Define Me- that. Meaning that we're not intending to be monogamous, but we've fallen into it organically. Because I, I, I have a couple I, of I poly did, friends who accidentally ended up I did in monogamous that. relationships, and they're like, like, "Oh shit!" With my with my last relationship, I felt like we were monogamish. Like I didn't really need other men. Best believe, as soon as we broke up, I had niggas waiting. Well, yes, but. Uh, <laughs> For the most part, he fulfilled me so much sexually. The only thing that I did, which is why we did the sex clubs, was women. I enjoy mm. women from time to time. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, ooh, and I just, I realized how much in those spaces, they don't have faces. They don't have names. And my relationship with women are very, well, this was fun. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Won't remember them the next day. Won't ask for their number. Don't care they for their They call that heteroromantic, which means you'll have sex with women, but they're not. Oh, I don't want to. Well, heteroromantic. Well, because I also know what. Women's needs are. Women yeah, are clingy. I, I, I I'm can't never do that did, shit. I'm never. I'm gonna look into the camera because I, I, I get a lot of DC folks. And by the way, we are going to be uh, seeing people in DC because Bridget and Mandy have a tour that's coming out. Oh, and you the, just say you're gonna be in town. Yes, this episode is actually coming out the week before we hit DC. So shout out to my DC family. I will actually be popping up to join them. And a lot See, of the, the thing is podcast.com. Get dot your com. We're gonna do another drop at the end because we want you guys to attend. And I think a lot of my DC day ones are like, why have you suddenly stopped talking about bitches? Like we, because I actually executive produced DC's first lesbian um, uh, web series. Oh, so I'm like a thing in DC. Oh, you were gay, gay. I was, I was, I was. But here's the thing: a lot of people like called me an ally. Like sometimes I mess around with girls, but I was really just really being an ally. But I think a lot of folks felt left behind when I was like, no, I'm pansexual and I don't like dating y'all. And it's not because I'm anti women. It's just I'm a beta, and what women need from me, I cannot provide. I'm hetero romantic. You're hetero romantic. I'm hetero romantic. I'm yeah. just emotionally tired, so I cannot date women what they need. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to be the aggressor, and because I have, I have a big voice, they think I'm going to take out the trash. Well, and that's I don't the, want to well, do that either. That, girl, I got a deep voice too, and that's the thing too. Girl, you're not finna play hard to get with me. Get your ass on somewhere. Do you like bitches or do you not? Because I will eat your pussy and I will tell you in front of your face. I will I, eat your. Amanda but, seduced a friend at my, at my birthday dinner, and oh. I didn't even know she was bi. I had known this woman for oh, girl, years. Just so you okay? know, I will let everybody. <laughs> I you had around me, you gonna get gay. I'm not gonna say her name. I knew her from DC. I, to me, she's like she worked at the White House. She's amazing. X, Y, and Z. I put her next to a man for five minutes. I was like, girl, you a little gay when that happened, <laughs> Mandy. I mean, you have game. First off, I just be me. Girl, don't do that. But also, it's called humanized, not front. For okay, people. no, no, no. I don't front, but like I'll hit on you. And if you flirt back, I'll let you know real quick. I'm I'm gay for real. Don't play with me. No, no, you're gayer than a lot of the DC uh, dykes I know. But like, yeah, no, you're I, gay. But gay. I'll just like don't flirt with me because like, so that's the thing with because you're a grown ass man, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> grown ass man. Mandy said, "Don't play in my face, girl. I'm a grown ass man, <laughs> bitch." And then I'd be like, "Oh, maybe this is getting uh, you know." No, you're a homosexual. You're a homosexual. But but also that's the thing. I think that's why like 
women, and it's funny, every time I talk to my homegirls, like even I was literally just just having uh just having lunch with a friend of mine. And so we're talking and she has a date tonight. Oh. And so we're talking and she's like, Yeah, but I got things to do. I want to cancel. The date was literally three hours before, and she's talking to me like she wants to cancel. And I said, Any man that wastes your time, you deserve it. Because if you are about to sit here and cancel on this man two hours before the date, yeah, you're not really. And I said, actually, when I speak to a lot of my friends, even my friend that just found out her boyfriend was <laughs> married. Uh, oh, that's called a mistress. Well, no, she didn't know this was her boyfriend. And so, but that's but, my mother's story too. But, and I, I'm still here. But so, when I talk, but when I talk to, well, not with you when you don't know. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna tell you my mother you said that you didn't because she hates to call her a mistress. She's like, but I didn't know your father had a I, wife, and I, I'm like, you're still a mistress. No, mom. no, 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 no. That man showed up and lied and was manipulated. You're an accidental mistress. It's not a mistress. You can't like I. <laughs> and this is not a flex. I know y'all be like, oh my god, Mandy loves bragging about this. I am not an accidental mistress when I choose. Like I'm a woman who chooses to deal your with. Your friend didn't choose, so for her, it might have been. She a mistake. thought she was dating someone. Yeah. His whole life was a lie. But Damn. at the same time, is she getting therapy? Hold on. At the same time, she had a side nigga. So <gasps> I said both y'all was cheating, and I said, you know what? I said this is what I'm talking about. Like as women, we get so hurt yeah. when we receive what we're putting out. That's true. That's true. That's actually one of the reasons why, for a long time, this has changed. Recently, I mostly had men friends because at least they were honest about their dirt. I would try to. Can make I be honest with female you? friends, and they would be hold like, on, "No, I should daffodil," and I'd be like, "Girl, you just had two." Niggas. I ain't gonna hold you. If we really gonna humanize and get this real, hit it, babe. The fact that you just said female bothered me for one, uh, but the no for, for friends you can say that actually. Yeah, so that's just for friends. Well, female is only wrong as a noun. Just because if someone runs a clip back, I judge women who don't have many female friends. No, I, I just said that I, that's changed recently, so but, that still doesn't apply to me. I'm well, fine. I'm, yeah. well, because well, well, now it's different. Because no, no, you got me and Bridget. No, no, I've, I have more than you and Bridget. I wish. It, it <laughs> well, no, was, I went to your birthday dinner, but yeah, I, me, I just love female friendships now because I'm realizing that I need that softness. You, have to. Yeah. So then let me ask you, because I don't know if you saw the clip that even has been going viral about friendship PTSD. And a yes. lot of women are now coming forward talking about y'all act like, you know, women that don't have other female friends are red flags, X, Y, Z. Well, what about the ones who have done me wrong? And so to me, I've always been weary of women who don't have other women friends. So I'm, we're going to have a quick teachable moment for the audience because I love this. Come on. So there's a thing called neurodivergency, right? Neurodivergent means that oh, you're- it's getting scientific. Yeah, no, this is scientific because this is actually really important because okay. there's, there's a, a sector of women who often get left behind in this conversation and I want to speak for them. Yes. Neurodivergent means that you're either autistic, dyslexic, or have ADHD. Okay. When you're neurodivergent, you cannot pick on nonverbal social cues. So there are a lot of things that if it's not literal, it goes over your head because your brain isn't meant to be that way. Okay. Female friends are socialized to be heavily baked into those. So a lot of neurodivergent- Perfect example. If a homegirl says she's fine, but she's showing you nonverbally that she's not fine, all the other girls can tell that it's shade. You're taking her literally and you think she's fine because you're autistic. So you don't, you don't know that she's being passive aggressive. And a lot of women who are neurodivergent have a hard time making female friends because they can't read the social cues. Men, on the other hand, are socialized to be very blunt with each other. So even though a man might be rude, because I'm neurodivergent, he's being literal. So I know that what he's saying is what he means. Whereas women are socialized to be a lot more passive. Oh, no, that's why people think I'm a nigga. Yeah. So that's so, why people so, think so I'm me, mean. This is why people think I'm mean, because I'm more like you're you actually you actually act the way most men are socialized. So if you look at people like me who are neurodivergent, most of my friends are men. 
men or women who, who allow themselves to communicate the way men are told to communicate. It's not a preference. It's the only way I understand what's happening at all times. So I feel safer around blunt people. They'll be like, Blue, she's so blunt. How are you her friend? Because I know what she means because I don't have to read between the lines because my brain won't let me. And so I want to give the audience, there's a bunch of women who are like this, who are like, why do I always feel like I'm always saying the wrong thing in feminine friendships? And then they find out that they're autistic and they're like, oh, my brain isn't meant to understand this. No, there's a difference between saying the wrong things in feminine friendships. Yeah. And there's another thing with you fucking my nigga behind no, my back. Yeah, no, that's or different. You like yeah. crossing the line or you, you can't being, use autism you for fucking being, somebody's nigga. Or you I agree. being jealous of <laughs> yeah, how different. I dress and, yeah. and bring out your insecurity. Yeah, that's different. I'm talking about You're talking those. about grimy girls. No, that's not grimy. even grimy. That's I'm, grimy. I, literally just friendships, but I, I get it, but that's where- Oof, That's grimy. That's where to me, I don't know, it still, it goes back to what I just said about even dating. Yeah. You are who you put out to be. Like all of my friendships, like, are 10 years plus. Bridget has been around like the women in my life who have been around. And girl, I could I can't tell you many arguments. I don't agree with a lot of the bullshit they do. Right. But we don't argue, we exist with each other. And I've I have not had issues with many friends. Now, when you go to, which Bridget has helped me realize, I have to stop making that friend word so th you know, so prominent. Right. And there's you know, you have to categorize and, and compartmentalize people there's in your life. There's close to the best friends, there's of colleagues, there's acquaintances. And so I think that's the thing that a lot of women have to realize. Like, I've seen a lot of people post things. There are people that aren't your friends. Absolutely. And you have to realize just because you speak to someone every however day. often, or it could be every day, mm -hmm. that still don't mean they're your friend. Can I just pause you for a second and give you your flowers? Because I want to do this every episode, and, and your flowers are intentional. And this is the perfect segue for this. There are a lot of women in this world who they think that they need a man to validate who they are. And you are one of the few people I know who I see you champion your female friendships. I love women. You champion your um, gal pals, your the women who are around you. You champion them with the same fervor that most people wait to, for a man. And I love that you don't throw your sisters away. Oh, ever. Because a lot of women are socialized to think that once I get me a man, fuck you bitches. And I can honestly say, even when you were in that relationship, your girlfriends, they from oh. what I, I saw with my own eyes, they were a priority. Girl, and I want to give women out there. Yes. I want to give women out there the opportunity to let themselves know that you can still be a person with friendships that are rigorous mm -hmm. outside of the man that you want to do mm -hmm. life with. So I want to thank you for that because you're one of the people I've actually seen it live it like every day. This oh. is not cap, guys, because you know I can't come on the show and cap. If Mandy's not going to do nothing else, she's going to make sure that she's surrounded by a bunch of women friends that she a loves. A lot. I mean, but even when I would be out like, and my partner wanted to see me, well, nigga, you could pull up, but I ain't leaving Rosie. I'm not leaving Asante. I'm not leaving wherever I'm at. Yeah. Pull up. But I'm not removing the friendships that were here before you and they'll be here after you. How do you strike a balance so that he doesn't feel like he's second, though? Oh, he did. Doing... He told me he was jealous. Well, damn, man. There, there's nothing I can do. I, I now just realize you use the word poly, yeah. right? And I know that it seems like non-traditional. I now know going into any relationship moving forward, you have to accept the time I'm going to make for my friends. Yeah. I mean, I just, my best friend just beat fucking breast cancer. And I was in Atlanta. Mm. When she beat cancer, bitch, we going back on trips. I'm outside. We're doing this. Bridget, that's my wife now. Like, oh, we, we, oh. we're neighbors. You do look very much uh, Listen, a pretty oh, today. she does. Mm -hmm. she's, she's definitely giving she's, my, she's my giving stud. She's giving rich she's, Virginia she's, stud right she's, now. She's my stud's <laughs> Um, And we talk about even when we're out, like, who's the feminine, who's masculine. But you and Antoinette, you're the stud's been, though. Oh, and I'm not going to lie. I saw Mandy and Antoinette out. Mandy looked like somebody's husband. But, but even that, mm -hmm. my relationship with, that. With, with Antoinette, my relationship with Asante, like, there's people in my life that now I realize, even though we don't have a romantic relationship, 
I make time and space for you. They're priority. And any of my partners are going to have to understand that. And I think because so many women are used to throwing away their friendships and putting them on hold when a relationship happens. And then call them when, when y'all break up. And call them when they... I don't do oh, that. Oh, now you love me, bitch? Like, you didn't love me when you were stuck right, in this? Okay, let me right. Stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to me, I've just known that those people, and it's so crazy because my therapist just asked me, I don't think I ever asked you, but how did you garner these friendships? Mm. I didn't even have an answer. I said, bitch, now that you asked me that, bitch, I don't know. I was like, it's- I can tell it, you why. This, I, it's I was not, literally it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's Women's Month. Maybe I'll sit down with all my friends and figure out how we did this. Because then I also bring them all around and now they hang out with each other. I just feel like I'm a good judging character. You're also very charming when you're vulnerable. I was just talking to Bridget about this this morning. Like when you are vulnerable and just being Oh yeah, because I cry to that bitch all the time. You know, when you're being when you're being <laughs> <laughs> I mean like No, when you when when you're being vulnerable, it is actually like us like it's stunning to see you be vulnerable. And that's why I was so excited about having you on the show because I feel like you and I and, and Bridget as well. We all are people who are easy to be unsympathetic characters. Bridget's very oh, poised. I have a big voice. You you are all of that you are. It's easy to dehumanize us and, and not cease the sympathetic characters. And so when you show your humanity, when you're on the show talking about things that do hurt your feelings because you're a fucking person, I think in those moments, I really am like, oh my God, I'm in love with her right now. Like, it's amazing to watch. I think that's like the thing. And I know she in the room now. But I think okay, that we're that, not crying. Well, no, well, bitch, this makeup was expensive. I'm not crying. Um, but this is, I think, the biggest thing that I'm juggling. Bridget has seen me personally so much. Yeah. Now in business, I'm a tyrant. I'm militant. I'm, oh. And I know I'm not the She's easiest. making eye contact. I'm getting no, nervous, literally, guys. <laughs> well, and I know I'm not the, the easiest person because it's like, it's Excel sheets. I'm super type A. Yeah. And so in knowing someone knows me, and my heart and how I don't mean, like I don't mean to be whatever I know by the outside world I'm perceived. I think that's been the difficult thing with even working now with a friend. Yeah. Like me and Bridget have a blast when we out. We eat good, we drink well. I see the we, stories. We I have a good ass time. And so even just balancing the space of business, cause I'm a different person in business yeah. than I am in friendship. And being able to look at Bridget as my partner and then being able to look at Bridget as my friend. Being able to look at, and, and me and Weezy have just a full work relationship, which I think actually makes it more tumultuous because I am very how I am in business. Like, I'll be honest with you, and this is how, and y'all listening are gonna be like, ooh, she ain't shit. I am, I am one of those that if I was a CEO and somebody wanted to take leave because of the death in the family, all right, Let's hire someone else. Mandy. I, I know because I believe that the, the show must go on. The show can go on with the interim I person to take their place while in, they're grieving. In business, I have not known how to humanize things okay. or mistakes or allow for human error. I believe in a very... And maybe Are you working is, on that? Is that something that you're open to evolving on? And the reason why I'm asking is this because... No, no there's no question. No. I have a friend that I, I love who is, a, is a horrible to work with and, and does not know how to be compassionate as a colleague and I pitied him more than feeling bad. Cause I was like, it's a pity that you're going to keep on cutting off blessings because of coming off this way. Are you open to being, having compassionate accountability? We can hold people accountable, but still be compassionate. Those two things do not have to be mutually exclusive. Are you open to that? Cause that's a skill set that you, you can learn. You're smarter than most people I know. Mandy. They say silence does it all. Oh no. 
I don't think my business is I don't think I'm where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I think it's also why people don't assume that women can run things because they lead with emotion. I don't. You think compassionate accountability is emotional? Because that, that's I not. I mean, accountability I have. I, I'm going to ask you why you didn't do something. Right. And I want you to be accountable. You think, you think compassion is illogical and emotional? Compassion in business? What mm -hmm. does that look like? Mm. I'm happy you asked. Compassionate in business being in a way people can do their job and do it to the letter that you of excellence that you wanted to without um, compromising their psychological safety. So what's crazy is when I look... So psychological safety is a very logical-based thing. Heard that. Um, I bring it back to then school, right? Mm -hmm. I got two degrees in a certain amount of time. I still work on deadlines. I still work on deliverables. This is what I need from you. I mean, we just fired somebody because she couldn't deliver. Right. And it was not a hard thing for me bye i i still believe yes everyone's replaceable but however a lot, a, a lot of people get they get sued for creating hostile environments which it's is not why, a hostile environment exactly so how do you that's, there's compassion in that for it not to be uh, a hostile environment there has to be a level of compassion um i think that that's where again and i'm i love that we're in therapy i love that we can go out to dinner and talk shout out to therapy with 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 me and bridget there's a friendship there so yeah. i'm like oh we have to talk we have to figure this out even with with wheezy with horrible sometimes it's like well bitch listen we both making money now. We just ain't got to do it because I don't care anymore. And to get to a level where I don't care about my business, that is hard for me. And it doesn't make me sit well. Yeah. With my employees, I'm trying to just draw the line. And I tell Bridget all the time, these ain't your friends. They work for you. They're your employees. They're your, yeah. they're your colleagues. I think coming from corporate, I, I was in public accounting. There was a lot of not only code switching at the time. I worked in a big four. I worked at an investment bank where I was the only black person on my team. There was a level of unsurety in, in, in how I could show up and really give myself or display my full self mm -hmm. in the work environment. But also, I felt like there should be a line drawn between what I did in my personal time and what I did at work. So the beautiful thing is compassion actually likes boundaries. So that those two things are not conflicting at all. So my point, so if we're talking about work yeah. and you're telling me something about your personal life, I don't care. So if like someone it, has as, a mitigating as a, thing, something as that a, As a friend, okay. I'm going to care. Right. But in business, it's an excuse. Got it. And so, I don't know. I just know that a lot of, even when we do this podcast, bro, I'll come in. I came into the pod. My whole fucking granddad had just fucking passed. I'm sorry for I'm potting. I'm crying. And then I'm like, okay, back to the jokes. Right. Like, nothing about my personal life. My boyfriend breaking up with me. My mom going through things. My sister going through things. My whole life, I had to show up to work do you see, all the time. But do you see where, and this is a, a bit of cognitive dissonance that I'm picking up on you. Compassionate accountability does not mean that you don't still do your job. It just means that if you come in, they say, hey, we know that you're going through a rough thing. Let me take something off your plate or let me help you out or let me grant you a little bit of extra grace because you're going through something. So I'll do that. It doesn't that, mean that you're not doing your job. But I'll do that. My problem is when people don't do their job. Exactly. So, And, and the reason why I wanted to unpack this with you is yeah. some people mistake compassion with enabling. So enabling means you don't have to do your job anymore. Compassion means I'm going to acknowledge that you're going through something okay, so then and I figure out that. a healthy way for you to still meet your I metrics. I have that. We've had members on our team who were going through things and we've been like, okay, we can delegate it to other people on the team. Yeah. That's compassion and accountability. So I, and I have women that. are actually often scared into not even wanting to acknowledge compassion because it's then seen as being emotional or not hitting their metric or being less professional. I'm and, not gonna lie. and and, and my, I push my, back against that. Like, no, we're allowed to be use that superpower and still get the shit done. My my mind is there. Um and it's 
it's weird because I know like people associate me as like a feminist and all these things. But I'm not a feminist. Well, me neither. I hate the word. Yeah, I'm, not a feminist. I'm not a feminist either. I'm a womanist, but I'm not a feminist. And I also feminism think, can be racist I, as fuck. No, it, not only is it racist, I think a lot of women suck uh, as well in certain roles or hide behind certain things that I don't respect. Um, and so to me, though, in business, in what I know CEO to even mean, we just started hearing about boss bitches, CEO chicks and all these things. And so... A lot me, of them are white, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah. Um, or they're or the black ones are throwing brunches, taking money from people. Let me tell you, I hear women's empowerment and I get PTSD. Girl. Some of the cruelest women I've met hide behind the women's empowerment moniker. Of course. If you're really about women's empowerment, it'll show, show up through your actions. Well, and Your so, actions will tell me if you're into women empowerment so or not. So to me, unfortunately, my idea of a boss and CEO is masculine. Mm. Is which even worse, I can make it even worse. Well, no, I can. I was gonna say white men, but growing up as a millennial, seeing what Diddy has done, seeing what Jay has done, seeing what Dame still continues to do, seeing Dame Dash, and there's a lot of also black men who have done things. Just seeing now again, back to Rihanna being a billionaire, having all these. Businesses, she's but she's she's a compassionate accountability person though. So perfect example. I think Rihanna's actually a great example of someone. You about to who, say Johnny Depp. No. Oh, okay. Oh, I was not going to mention that. Oh, okay. Because we don't have you? time to humanize okay. him. <laughs> well, no, she had him in a I know. That's okay. a whole different okay. episode. All right. All right. One thing about Rihanna is when you talk to anybody who works with her, they say, you know, you got to do your work, but she's not, she's not the kind of person who mistakes accountability for cruelty. And I think where a lot of people fall short is they think that accountability and compassion are mutually exclusive and that accountability and cruelty are synonymous and they're not. So real quick. I'll repeat myself. I think that's when I start being like, what is going on? I don't like repeating myself. Mm. So when I'm going to my team. I don't either, actually. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't either. I hate it. I feel like now you're, now you're making me talk to you like you're a you, child and you're an you, adult and I don't like this. You hurt me the first time. Yeah. And I speak English. It's the only fucking language I know. Really? Only one. And Living I, in New York, girl, you don't speak on poquito at the bodega? Girl, I barely know that. I know a hamburguesa <laughs> oh and an arroz <laughs> con polo. Oh, yes. wow. Did you say the L like that? Listen, no, L I apologize to the uh, the Latin community. <laughs> but I ain't shit. I'll be like, give me the quesadilla. Oh, um, that hurt my ears. I know. But no, to me, it, um, to me, it's still. You're more compassionate than you give yourself credit no, for. No, 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 no. I'm compassionate until I'm not. Yeah. And then when I'm not, I'm like. Oh, so now, so I feel like nicest gets taken for weakness. Oh, yeah, I'm not nice. I'm compassionate. They're, they're complete opposites to me. Well, see, so what's the difference? So we talked about this. Performative niceness means that you're a slave to likability. Like, you need everybody to like you. Oh, and I don't. Compassion means you're... So then I, but I think because I don't care if anyone, if everyone likes me, I come off as a bitch. But compassion can come off like a bitch. Compassion means I'm going to do the right thing without robbing you of your dignity. So niceness is performative, but compassion means I'm going to get the job done without robbing you of your dignity. Oh, yeah. Like, I gave a girl a bonus knowing I wanted to fire her. And I said, yeah. we'll wait till after the holidays. So, I, so niceness like, is performative because if you're nice all the time, that means you're lying half the time. Because you can't be telling the truth all the time and still have people like you all the time. Oh, I'm not going to lie. But compassion means I can be honest. I can't you might, lie. You might not like what I'm saying, but I'm never going to do you dirty. So that's, okay. So that's compassion. That's yeah, you're I'm compassionate. compassionate as fuck. And I, and I want women to reclaim compassion because sometimes some of our power comes from our ability to be compassionate. The auntie who cusses you out will probably be the one who will bail you out of jail. Like, I, I'm going to have your back, but I'm not going to let you do no fuck shit on my watch. Mm. And black women in particular, it's such a superpower for us that I'm, it makes me sad that we've been taught to like disavow it when it's actually what makes us special. A lot of people cannot be compassionate leaders and we can. 
So I just want you to recognize mm-hmm. okay, that so I've I watched you be a compassionate I'm leader. Compassionate. I'm Look compassionate. Look at that, y'all. We are humanizing. Okay. Mandy, goddamn. First off, first off, not humanized, bitch. You teaching me vocabulary, bitch. I, don't, I ain't know what that shit meant. Compassionate. This sound like it's emotional okay, intelligence, bitch. <laughs> exactly. So many people think. And, and funny thing is, <laughs> yo, I ain't no punk ass bitch. I ain't no punk. Here's the funny thing: if you are listening, please watch the episode because you can literally see a Manny's eyes. Like, I'm you just call me a punk ass bitch. That, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I ain't that bitch. <laughs> okay, I want to take it back to something really fun because we only we are actually almost out of time. I know Great. it went by really quickly. Bitch, for I record me. a lot tomorrow. Let me keep my voice. So here's the thing: <laughs> one of the biggest uh, things that happens in this world is whenever you are talking about desirability politics, there's things around how women present, how they look, how they use mm-hmm. their bodies. We talked about sexuality and business. I remember I once had a homegirl mm-hmm. who was like, yo, my dude keeps cheating on me. You're the only person I feel like he won't do that around because you're not his type. And she didn't know that he had tried to smash me like the night before. And I was like, well, this is awkward. And there have been many times where I've had conversations with folks around how people will hit on a plus size woman, but then play stupid in public Mm -hmm. or flip the script and make it seem like she was the one who was trying to holler. And I was like, Mandy's one of the few guests who could actually speak to this because before you had your surgery, you knew what that was like. Yeah. What do you have to say when folks question your game or the kind of attention you're getting as far as desirability based on what they assume would make you a non-contender. Oh, I even still see it in the comments like, oh, this bitch be lying. But okay. Exactly. Um, on Hollywood Unlocked, they'd be like, Blue, you didn't go on no date. I'm like, I can literally show you a picture of him. What are you talking about? So I think that has more to do just with society's views on what what women deserve love. Mm-hmm. And with you, the European standards of beauty, it's not art, which is crazy because a lot of black women are curvy. Absolutely. A lot of a lot of the men that we date, their mothers are our size are bigger or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it it sucks because a lot of men that I have dealt with, when they've gotten the girlfriends in the public that they'll be seen out with, we're the ones that they still hit up, still fly out, still will give the attention to. I can behind, talk to you. I can't talk to her behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, and to me, it it lends more into their insecurities on what they believe people will think of them mm-hmm. by even being attached to us. Or, I mean, even women, I'll be honest, women are sometimes the nastiest. Oh, absolutely. Women, actually, we know how to women, hurt each other. Women are the nastiest. We know and how to hurt be each like, other. Like, I've had women question men that once they knew they were dealing with me, so that's the bitch you dealing with. Ew. Look at her compared to me. And unfortunately, even in dating and now that I'm single... I realized that we we pit ourselves against each other. We're our biggest critics. The hair, the nails, well, the makeup. We us against each other and we carry it on like harbingers we of death. Carried we carry it on. Like, yeah. The men, they hate the acrylic nails. They hate the lace wigs. They can see the lace. They see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the makeup, a lot of like... A lot of what we do is even to place ourselves in competition with other women. Because we're told that our value is based on being the baddest bitch or the one who's the most desirable. I know so many girls who can barely read themselves out of a paper bag, but because of how they look, mm-hmm. they assume that I'm going to feel inferior to them and then be offended when I don't. I, I think I'm that, like, honey, you can't read. Let me help you. Well, and I think that's the crazy thing. When I walk into a room, okay, maybe I'm not the flyest or the baddest bitch, but there's an aura about me Absolutely. that has... 
Men can smell insecurity from a mile away, right? They really can. They're like and, dogs. They can smell it on you. And it's unattractive to them. Yeah. So when they see a confident bitch walk in the room, they want to know, why is this bitch so confident? Then yep. I'm funny. Oh, bitch, I can make a nigga laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? <gasps> Don't let them let up. You know, they have options, though, because I've had so many guys. What do you mean they have? What do you mean? I've had a couple of guys, especially in L.A., who were like, oh, I'm the fine dude who's going to give her a chance. And so whatever. And then they'll find out that I'm talking to somebody else, and they'll be really upset. Like, wait a minute. I thought I was doing you a favor. First of all, that's no. the whole music industry. You see how the same girls are passing around? Yeah. Men, like... <laughs> men, men love to feel like, ooh, I was with the same girl that was fucking this guy. Ooh, I must be on his level now. It's the same type of shit. Yeah, desirability is a very Like, the fact that me and Rihanna thing. are Eskimo sisters, I love that for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, no, I'm not surprised is what I'm saying. Because I share bodies with some fascinating bitches. You know what? I'm like, bitch, I know you do, if too. If you and Rihanna are Eskimo sisters, that means you might be Eskimo sisters with somebody um, in this stratosphere. Uh, I can We could compare. We'll compare. We'll yeah, because I know, I know a, couple, a couple of her bodies, and I think they, they might have been in your stratosphere, too. Bitch, I mean, I ain't even going to hold you. I love and can quote me some loving basketball. When I found out me and Miss Lathan have the ba- same bodies, I said, oh. We're okay. Shout out to them girls. We got the same type. It's cute. But again, I look nothing like these women. Mm-hmm. I haven't accomplished as, you know, or the aura that they have, their body types, everything. Okay. And we, we bag the same guys. I think that that's why now when I look back full circle here, I think that's why now when I look back into my twenties and where I placed value upon myself based on the men I could bag, it's laughable it's because fickle. it's like, it's laughable because yeah. it's like these niggas will fuck a chicken sandwich. And <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a I mean, minute. I know. I, we'll you are not a chicken there. sandwich no. and neither is real. No, but, <laughs> true, but the idea of women placing value on who has sex with them or who's in their DMs. I mean, I think it's crazy that we're also in an era where there are women that are now celebrities based on who they procreated with. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like these rapper baby mamas are now. I mean, I don't, I don't judge their hustle. Like, no, well, well, you know no, how you get well, it. It's mama. not a hustle. It's yeah. society yeah. and our views and our placement on our value as women, how we perceive ourselves, why we walk out the house the way we do, why we do what we do to our hair and our makeup, and what validates us. You know what makes me really sad about influencer culture because I, I did not see it as up close as I did when I moved to LA in particular. I would never move. Is I had a lot of influencer friends who were baddies and they were like, oh my God, you're all queens. I'm body positive, X, Y, and Z. And the minute their ex would date a new girl, they would break them down and be like, oh my God, this bitch is five pounds heavier than me. Why would you be with this cow? And I was like, what happened to all that? We're all beautiful shit in your hashtag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's performative niceness to mm-hmm. me. And it makes me sad that like, you'll tell your homegirl who's built like an iPhone that she, she's beautiful, but let another supermodel take your man and you're going to break her down. There's a misery in that kind of duplicity that makes me sad for them that it's not, it's not cute up close. Like I don't envy them at all. It makes it actually harder to envy them when you see how miserable they can be in real life. And the girls who are sincere, they're prettier in a different kind of way. Like you said, men can smell that on them. Oh, they can. And so can can women too. So can, have you ever made friends with a girl that you figured out later was one of those women? Oh yeah. But that's the, how do you that, disengage? I mean, that's the thing too. I don't think I've um, I've kept the what the baggage mm-hmm. of it. I don't think I've held the grudge Good. with the women that have done me wrong. Like, and literally, I actually was just with my homegirl who lives out here in LA. The uh, not the last time, but one of the times I came to LA, um, I was with my homegirl. She brought her friends who I know, mutual friends, and I brought them around. My nigga. And his friends. The fine one that you were just with or oh, somebody no, else? Oh, no, no, I'll tell you. Because we had beautiful. My God. Oh, yeah, nah. But just brought them around. And literally, the next day, 
she slid into his messages. What? And he 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 mm. let me know. And I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. this is why, again, there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. Mm -hmm. But I didn't sit here and say, oh my God, I hate all women because this woman tried to go behind my back. I believe in people being people. She and was if, a random scallywag, yeah. Well, not only that, if you sit here and judge those friendships on how they've done you wrong, how many men have you been with that did you wrong? Talk how about it. How many relationships have you been? How many times has your mom let you down? How many times has your dad not shown up for a game? Mm -hmm. How many times have you got into an argument or your sister did some bullshit? So to me, the 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 hierarchy of standards amongst just different classifications of people is my problem with when a girl hops online and says, I ain't got no female friends. Girl, don't sit up here like all the men have done you right. Yeah, that's true. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, it's so we're, funny we're too. humans. It's the pride, too, because I think there are girls who be like, oh, I find it harder to socialize with women and versus those who are like, no, I'm proud because I'm a pick me and I'm not like the, the other bitches. That's a very different energy but that no, I cannot make a for. But also, regardless, I you have had heartbreak and someone has fucked you over. Friendship heartbreaks actually have hurt me deeper than romantic ones because you know that if you're dating somebody, there's a 50-50 chance either it'll work or it won't. When you make a good friend... You Why do you not look at friendship the same way? For me, when I make a good friend, they, to me, they're like family. And so I don't expect that I'm going to lose my auntie or my cousin like until for death, maybe. And so I think for me, friends have become my chosen family. And so it feels like a death in the family when I lose a really close, deep friendship. Because I don't make them... Are you cool with all your family members? I'm friendly with all... I speak to all of them. I actually don't have any estranged family members. I speak to them. Some of them are always asking for money, so I try to avoid them when I don't have... <laughs> I think that's my thing, too. Yeah. Like, even that use of family, family has done me wrong, too. And I've, in therapy, you've mentioned therapy several times, which I love because the audience needs to hear that no matter how shiny and together somebody is, we all need a little bit of therapy at some point. figuring it out. And I love that you're figuring it out. And one of the things that you do really well is that you oscillate between all these different podcasts, right? You've been on three podcasts that you yeah. were hosting. Yeah. You're executing producing podcasts now. Yeah. And also you have been a guest on so many podcasts. And my thing is And that's like that that's like now. So shout out to you because we friends. Cause, Cause, bitch, my voice. Do you hear? It? Bitch, I hear. Deeper and deeper. We're wrapping it up, guys. Because Mandy has a lot of work to do, including tomorrow. Tomorrow, you. we're doing a show tomorrow, so I have to shut up soon. <laughs> my damn self. And thank you for still drinking the brown liquor, not dying. I thought I was going to accidentally off, kill you. I'm alcoholic. I'm gonna keep drinking whatever's in front. Wait a minute. <laughs> we here. You and I do not condone alcohol. <laughs> we are not alcoholics. So, what would you high functioning at that? But what would you say to someone who is seeing this oversaturated podcast landscape about how to discern if they really have something valuable to add to the landscape? They don't. Oh shit! Sorry, if you wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> if we work in a hit okay, cut, sorry, say sorry, cut. Sorry, 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 no. um, keep it I'm real. Okay, so keeping it real, the problem is, so many people want to get into this space because they're like, "Ooh, I see these deals. There's money." Right. So they immediately hop into it with the idea that it's going to bring them a lot of money. Shit, you know how much it costs for for recording overhead. First, first? off, let's be very clear. Weezy and I started horrible decisions. Um, End of 2016, top of 2017-ish. Um, and literally, it took us a year and a half to be profitable. Wow. Um, Bridget and I signed to Joe Budden podcast, and I felt like I was working for free for the first year until we left. Oh, it's giving slavery. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> not expect that exclusive. So the, so the <laughs> idea that we are even attaching ourselves to um, people with networks. Yeah known or unbeknownst or startups 
nonetheless, um, people just assume there's all this money in here. And it's like, well, no, you have to grow your audience. Yeah. You have to get a certain amount of listens to make the CPM make sense for an advertiser to buy in. Um, and then there's all these other elements, but you have to really be able to have people trust that they can tune into you and get a certain element of content once Consistently, a week to yeah. add you into their daily or weekly whatever routine, right? Um, and so to me, anyone now wanting to start podcasting without the understanding of a, the expenses. I think that that's what I would say first. I pay as much for this podcast as I do for my rent. No. Yeah. Monthly. No, easy. Yeah. And so... People are like, why aren't you weekly? You got weekly money, bitch? Like, well, it's expensive. Well, not only that, it's like, especially our space, mm -hmm. you have to have video. Absolutely. You have to have the clips. You have to have good sounding audio because Mic audio check. matters. Mm -hmm. You have to have makeup and apologize when you don't because they're going to be talking about your face. <laughs> Get the camera off me. Go ahead, man. <laughs> um... And so I think people assume that, A, also they assume that this is easy. It's not. They assume that we're, say yes, we drop two episodes a week, and they're like, oh, you only, you only work one and a half hours, two days a week. This do you is, know how long it took me to do this itinerary that, that we made seem like a regular conversation? Y'all have no it's, idea. It's the outline. <laughs> yep. It's the booking of guests. It's the coordinating with your team. It's the post-production. It's the pre-production. It's the... Keeping up with also what's all going on in the world. Hot so topics, that, promo clips. But also, mm -hmm. okay, this is taking place in the world. What is my opinion on it? Let me not regurgitate what I'm hearing. So it's now digging into your emotions, your history, your experience, and really feeding into how does this relate to me? When me and Bridget are in pre-production, she'll bring up a topic sometimes, and I'll be like, what do you want to pull from this? Yeah. How do we both relate to this? to be able to really dissect it. So then now, maybe you're having to dig into some traumas. Maybe you're having to figure out why you have this political stance on something. Mm -hmm. And then do you want to share your political stance? Because you know that people and are going to receive it And you also can't be in an echo way. chamber because it makes for a bad episode. And then that's why I love that me and her don't agree on yeah. shit. Because bitch, I'm going to stand on mine. You stand on yours. Let's disagree. We don't have to agree on everything. But the idea of just us respecting each other's opinions and allowing us to exist in who we are at all times is so important. Because when you argue with people, it's because they're trying to get you to to agree with them. Mm -hmm. Me and Bridget will talk and it'll be like, that's what you say? Girl, let me say what I say. Y'all dissect it. But we allow You're not scared to be the bad guy and I've noticed that. Oh, girl, I don't. I live in this little villainous because baby, <laughs> baby. Jason Lee told me the villains make more money. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, he was like, look, Floyd taught him that the villains make more money. Floyd, and I, Floyd. And he got Dubai money, so. Floyd, <laughs> Maybe I'm too nice, y'all. Floyd, Jason, I hate saying Wendy. Joe. Wendy, Charlemagne, mm -hmm. and I worked with Charlemagne and Joe, but mm -hmm. respect. You better flex, bitch. Respect him. That's a flex. Mm -hmm. And where, yeah, they got a whole bunch of people that hate them, where I don't mind also sitting from somebody and letting them shine. Yeah. Bridget speaks very well. She can express her feelings in a way that I can't. You can. articulate Nancy, Bridget. Articulate <laughs> as fuck. Wheezy has a softness to her that I do not. She does. She'd be a great damsel. She's a she's a fucking damsel. She's a damsel. I am. You're a rock star. I Anybody am, looking at Manny right now? I'm, Manny I'm, is going I'm, through her rock star. Bitch, era. I'm Derek. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Damsel <laughs> and Derek, bitch. I, what that's, you want? That's Manny's new podcast coming out every third Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and 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 to be fair, I mean my voice even. I make fun, Miss Tammy, my mama. Every time we used to drive up to like go through drive-thrus come around sir like i'm used to being this 
I'm, and I'm used to a mom presenting as the man of the household and not showing emotions growing up. This is what I know. You hold space really well, though, because, Mandy, I'm a very opinionated, bombastic person. When I came on the show, you never made me feel silenced. Like, you let oh, me know. and my big old opinions yap, yap, yap for two hours. Well, also, because you know big words, bitch, and I didn't understand half of it. <laughs> I was like, ooh, let me let this bitch keep talking. What, Bridget, that, what that mean? I was like, Bridget, what she say? <laughs> no, but seriously, like... It takes us look look at Bridget's face. She's like, yes. <laughs> no, it's a special kind of person to create space like that, though. I mean, but I enjoy people. Yeah, I listen. That's another tip. If you don't like people, don't do a podcast. Guys. I know th that, that part. You have to like people. I enjoy people. I enjoy hearing about experiences because as much as mine is different from so many other people, um, I would like to be granted the space to share my experience. Yeah. And so when I'm in rooms with people like you or Bridget, or people like Van, Antoinette, Asante, my friends who a allow- A smart me. bunch, my goodness. I know. Whew. Oh, I know. IQ's in that bitch. <laughs> and so to be in spaces where I know I'm so different, but I'm allowed to be me- You still have value. I hold value, but also we both are just trying to understand each other because we all understand we have one life. And I'm not going to spend it trying to fight somebody against their experience to understand me. We have one life- Let's take in everything from everyone that's around us and let's not be looked at as what we're doing is wrong. Let's just live. Let's experience. Let's be. Y'all hear how be. emotional intelligent she is? I bet you for those of you <laughs> who know Mandy, <laughs> can we just be? you are stunned <laughs> that you listened to her talk this entire conversation, even when she thought I called her a punk ass bitch. <laughs> bitch, I did. And I was like, compassion. <laughs> bitch, pull up that definition. And, and y'all saw how we sat in it though, right? Like I, the thing I love about this show and having big personalities, it shows that we can both have a real rigorous conversation and dignity left never left the room. No, ever. And we need to stop thinking that you have to be undignified to have a robust conversation. Now we have to wrap up because the producer keeps making stanky eyes at me. Mandy, the last question I want to ask you, and this is a very simple, but maybe not so simple question. Okay. With an open heart, I want you to share, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? And it can't be you don't care. Not, uh, damn, that was about to be the one. <laughs> um, the biggest misconception of me would be... Because um, I see your heart, so... I would say yeah. that, and I think... Y'all, like, if you haven't yet tuned in to see the thing as we did an episode, I think the biggest misconception of me is that I don't mean well by people. Not mm. that I don't care, but it's that I don't mean well by people. I'm not, I don't have malicious intent. I don't mean to come off abrasive or ignorant sometimes or angry or Your however. Your intention is not malice. I, I have yeah, zero not. malice intent. Like, bitch, if you want to keep fucking that nigga who don't like you, go ahead. Or <laughs> Watch your balls just drop. You know what I mean? Well, because that was a, a thing on Horrible Decisions just recently. And they were like, oh, my God, you bullied her. Um, Like, to me, I'm going to make light of everything, but I don't. People think that I go out of my way to, like, tell people how disappointed I am in them when in real life. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And I know you said that I don't care is my thing. Mm -hmm. But like, I do genuinely just want everyone to exist in their own happiness, in their own worlds. I talk about it all the time. Yeah, where I, I think that. women are, are delusional all the time. I do believe we live in our own bubbles. Yeah, I believe there's reality and then there's our own reality. And so our perceptions of people, our perceptions of ourselves, our perceptions, bitch, I got these grills in. If y'all hear me, like perceptions, a lot of essence. <laughs> it's giving money. You know, but uh, no, I think just... The way we we live and accept or don't accept people 
in our lives for being truly them. I think that people have this idea that I am on the attack of people because they don't view, have the same views as me. Um, And that to me is the most untrue. I thrive in a space of people being different. Oh no, you love it. I love it. You love the contrast. Bitch, that's why my whole ex was the opposite. Bitch, that nigga was a Muslim Freemason old ass nigga, and I was like, "Ooh, tell me more about this shit that I don't agree with." I can like, actually co-sign for you. I can say this because the audience knows that I like have a problem lying gets me in trouble. <laughs> um, Mandy's a lot of things, but on her worst day, I've never seen you be malicious. I don't want to be malicious. I, I've, I've never seen you be malicious. Well, and even like I've never been like, "Oh, she wants somebody to die on the inside." I've never thought that of you. And even like where. I've had to like correct and be like if me and my friends disagree on things or I I know what the outside may view. I mean, like I said, I've pulled Bridget aside like I need you to know I root for you. Yeah. And you know that. And I've seen you and do so that. And yeah. so when we sit here and have conversations and I'm spewing that I don't believe in monogamy and all niggas ain't shit, just know your fiance can be shit to you. Mm-hmm. And I want I want you your happiness, the wedding that she's about to have. I don't want marriage. I don't like kids. Like, I'm literally about to take my friend to Target. I said, bitch, babies are us still open. I don't know where to take you. But whatever you need for your baby, I want to buy you whatever you want. Like, we're going to Target and Tao. I said, bitch, it's a titty day. TNT. TNT. Do you guys hear this? Because we have to wrap this up. But do you guys hear how Mandy says that she is giving people that she loves permission to be different? Please, and I think that's a. I think that's a, even the Girl, most. Girl, I go to sex clubs and want open relationships. I don't think all my friends are gonna want that. Absolutely not, because my vagina's tired. But, <laughs> but y'all understand, like, I need more of you to stop thinking that people have to assimilate in order to be loved by you. Yes, I think that's the biggest lesson you can teach this audience. Because Mandy, I know a lot of people who are more tactful than you, who seem a lot more polished and like, oh, I would never offend a firefly. Who, when you talk to them oh, behind, y'all offend some people. behind closed doors, they are so nasty behind all that polish. Right. I'd rather have somebody who gets it wrong sometimes or has to take the bass out their voice sometimes but has a good heart than someone who's polished and nasty. And so I want to thank you for being authentic because that's what I want more more girls. Instead of being performatively sexual, performatively whatever, just give yourself permission to be authentic. Not even performative. Just know be that authentic. you can love and hold space for people that don't have the same views or outlooks on life as you. Mm-hmm. Allow people to be people. We're all figuring this shit out. Whoop, that's the perfect way to end this. You guys know, as always, I always say we're human beings just doing human shit. Manny, tell them where they can find you, although they, they probably love you. First off, yeah, you, you, I know you say when this episode going to drop, you can find us on tour, bitch, first off. <laughs> yes! Courtesy myself and Bridget Kelly live. See Woo-hoo. the Thing is podcast. We are on tour all Women's Month. Hello, because we women. Eh. Uh, Bridget <laughs> Kelly performing live. Y'all check the iTunes, because bitch, she there with the vocals. Um, so go to See the Thing is podcast dot com and get your tickets whenever this drops again the week right, 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 before, right before we dc so it's before philly dc and new york wow so if you are on the east coast we will be in philly on the 25th 24th 25th dc the 26th 26th. and new york on the 31st you can listen to see the thing is podcast every tuesday and every friday wherever you listen to humanize and then you could also listen to my other podcast horrible decisions if you want to get more into the kinks yeah kinks and sex (laughs) of it all horrible decisions type in horror we pop up um it is available wherever you listen to podcasts um every monday 
Mandy, I am so fucking proud of you. Thank you. That's, that's really how I want to I love this. our friendship and that yeah. it's been growing. Uh, it really has. Literally since we met. So I love Aww. it. You guys, I hope you see that like it's really, really stupid to judge a book by its cover because you might skip some Bitch, really judge dope. judge me. <laughs> <laughs> you might skip some dope chapters <laughs> with pictures in it. Uh, Mandy, you have to come back at some point. I think what's going to be interesting is for the DC show, if anybody who was on the fence about coming to the DC show. Just know that this is airing with enough time for you to still make it. All right? Love yes. you guys. Please be gentle with yourselves. Bye. Bye. That was perfect. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour.